Super Clash. It is the Super Clash podcast. We are back. <laughs> Holy shit. Connor. I was horribly frightened by that. <laughs> do you want me to do it again? No, please. Okay. Anyway, th- it is the Super Clash podcast. We are back with another week with another set of really good games. Connor, how have you been? I have been absolutely lovely. How about you? I've been doing good. I'm actually a little sore. I'm, so I know we didn't talk about this uh, when I arrived at the house because I wanted to save this okay. for the podcast. Yeah, my leg or my right leg is actually pretty badly bruised up. Okay, go on. Yeah, well, I was in Connor's bed. Uh, no, I'm just Hold joking. on, wait a minute. <laughs> I wasn't here. Uh, <laughs> the other Connor. Ooh. Mm, the better looking Connor. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, my, my, my job requires me to drive a machine around around the warehouse, and I have stickers that give me a the location I need to go. I go to that location, I grab the case, I put it on the pallet, I s- put the sticker on, on the case, and I move on. Well, what's supposed to happen is when a pallet is empty, you're supposed to move it so the next pallet behind it can move up. Well, you usually need a, a different machine for that because there's a lot of weight on the next pallet and it's pretty dangerous to remove that pallet and have hundreds of pounds roll forward yeah well people don't really keep up on that so sometimes you have to uh walk across the pallet so i walk across this pallet and i grab my case i turn around a board on the pallet beneath me breaks oh i like i was harnessed in but my right leg falls all the way down i fall forward the case falls down over the edge 20 feet down the whole thing busts oh god yeah it was it was it hurt my, my wrist still is still kind of achy but my whole but my thigh is all pretty badly bruised up don't so. tell osha what's osha <laughs> i don't want to say where i work but i was harnessed in thank god i was harnessed in Otherwise, but you'd be a flat cabbage today. I would be a flat cabbage or a dead cabbage because that's uh, 20, 30 feet above uh, solid concrete. Ugh. Yeah. But other than that, like work has been uh, winding down. And I've been getting out th- at uh, like 3.30 in the morning. It's been great. It's uh, given me time to actually play some games. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And so... The games we're going to be talking about today, segue, 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 I'm going to touch base on uh, Bulletstorm, the remaster of Bulletstorm, and I'm going to also talk about uh, a new game I started uh, today called Proteus, that's Proteus with a D, and Connor, what are the games you're going to be talking about? Um, I'm going to talk about the Attack on Titan game on PS4, and Tekken 7, also on PS4. Nice. So... Uh, I, th- I can't remember who who started last episode, so I'll just go ahead and I'll start just because. So, you did mention uh, before we started recording that you... Did you play Bulletstorm? I played the original. Okay, but you didn't play the remaster. I did not. Okay, because no. that's, that's what I played. I played the remaster for PlayStation 4. The remaster for the PlayStation 4... Uh, had the addition of Duke Nukem in it, so that that was kind of their selling point. Uh, but I remember playing this game when it first came out. This was a this was a game that I was really torn between because Dishonored came out the same year, mm. 
and I was like, I don't know which which one to get. And so I kept hopping back and forth, back and forth. And uh, one of the things that made me want to play Bulletstorm over Dishonored at the time was I figured with the kill skills, there'd be a, a lot of opportunity for replayability, which I later found out that Dishonored was a more of a replayable game than Bulletstorm. But for those who don't realize uh, or don't know, uh, Bulletstorm is a is a first-person shooter developed by People Can Fly and Epic and surprisingly published by EA. I completely forgot about that until I did some research. And so it is a first-person shooter with the mechanic that they called uh, kill skills, where the, these environments have hazards and you're encouraged to be creative with your kills. And so, like, there, there, there's a level where... Uh, there's cacti everywhere, and you're encouraged to like shoot and uh, Spartan kick them, Spartan kick them into uh, the cactus, and they get engored, and you get points. And uh, as you get points, you unlock like additional abilities for your guns or for your leash, which we'll we'll talk about the leash in a little, in a little bit. But before I continue, Connor, what do you think of Bulletstorm? Oh gosh. Trying to remember back, I don't really, I don't really remember anything about it to be honest. Hmm. I remember playing it back, and like uh, twenty is it two thousand nine? I think it was ten when it came out. It was not. It was ten or eleven. Yeah. Is one of those. It was a while back, and I remember enjoying what I played of it. I had some fun, and I never went back after I beat the story. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel. Um. Honestly, like I was really surprised that they actually remastered this. I th- I kind of felt like this game would kind of fall by the wayside. Like it's one of those uh, one and done games. Like it, at the time, I kind of regret buying it. I it, it it sounded like more of a rental for me. Yeah. Back when rentals were a thing. So, uh, you play as this as this guy named Grayson Hunt and any names with that involve Cliff Blazensky, who who's the creator of Gears of War. He had a hand in in creating uh, Bulletstorm. I always find his name so dumb. Grayson Hunt. <laughs> Generic protagonist name here. I- exactly. Like, Marcus Phoenix was, was probably his most iconic name, but even that, that's pretty generic. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um... And speaking of which, uh, Grayson Hunt, who basically looks like a, a uh, Gears of War character, that that's kind of the, and again, anything with Blazenski's, uh hands in it always seems to follow this uh, this Gears of War aesthetic. It's like Gears of War with a lot of kicking, as I recall, and first person. So yeah. even down to the main assault rifle, it looks exactly like a Lancer. Mm. And uh, the armor, the gruff voices, it's first-person Gears of War. And lots and lots and lots of gore. But on the side of that, uh, the game still looks pretty good for being almost 10 years old. That's kind of the the advantage of the Unreal Engine. I feel like, if done right, the Unreal 3 Engine uh, can make it look timeless. Does this game... With, with remasters, you can have one of two experiences. You can have a game that is in a higher resolution with um, 
you know, more detailed textures, but you can still tell it's an older game. And then you have some games that they receive a remaster, and it very well could have been released this gen. What do you think it kind of fits it's, in? It's the former. Okay. Yeah. And so it was just uh, upscaled to, uh, I think, 4K or 1080. So because it could the, could the PS3 and the Xbox 360 do 1080? They could. Yeah, it, uh, then I guess it was uh, upscaled to 4K. Then they could, they could. Oh, it, you have to look on the back of most of those games from that generation. As a little aside, a lot of games were in 720p, but there were games that were in 1080i and 1080p as well during yeah, that generation. Yeah, and and even at the time that was debatable because some people said that it wasn't true 1080; it was just upscaled to 1080. Yeah, and so, uh, but I think it was upscaled to 4K, and so. One thing when I was playing this game, the humor was terrible. It was a rated M game, but I, f- I, I felt like they had to make it very vulgar to justify that M rating. Like, not it didn't have to be the gore. They had to make it super vulgar. Yeah. And it came off sounding basically like a 10-year-old that just discovered how to curse. Yeah, like a little bit cringy potty humor kind it's of like, thing. You scared the dick off me. It's like, uh, yeah, okay. I'll kill your dick. Lots of dick jokes, cause you know, dude, bro. Honestly, with the addition of Duke Nukem, they got the voice actor of Duke Nukem to do this. He's way funnier, and not not in the sense that they gave him better lines to say, but it was his delivery. And at least in the beginning of Bulletstorm as Duke Nukem, it was pretty funny because they established that Duke has no idea where he is or who these people are. But as the game progresses, the dialogue started sounding a little bit more similar from uh, Grayson. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say other than, like, playing this game is fun, Mm -hmm. but it's uh, not worth buying it like if if you can manage to find it like 15 bucks it's one one and done i don't really have a lot to say about this game other than one one thing that kind of uh really annoyed me and i don't really like this in any game all the guns are fun except the sniper rifle uh the sniper rifle is one of those guns with the ability to where when you fire you can control the bullet i never like that mechanic i know i don't i don't like it in a bullet storm and i don't like uh, that mechanic in the new Assassin's Creed games to where you can control the arrow. I, I just never like that. Mm, to me, yeah. it slows it slows down gameplay. Yeah. So the satisfying thing about sniping or shooting long distances is lining up your shot and that delay, if some games ha- have that, that delay of when you pull the trigger to impact. That's where the fun is, and I, I feel like that controlling the bullet takes that away. Yeah, I could see that. So, especially in in uh in Hitman, which which we'll get that uh, next episode. So, again, I don't really have a lot to say about Bulletstorm. It's going back to it as a thirty year old uh, man. This doesn't have that much of an impact on me anymore. Yeah, it's still the remaster's still on my backlog of games to play since I played the original. I'm just not in any hurry to get to it. I think honestly, it might be more fun because it does have co op. Yeah, I think I played the original in co-op. It might be more fun co-op, but 
this game doesn't really offer a lot in uh, multiplayer, just mm-hmm. co-op. And even then, there's nothing that they add in co-op to, to make it fun. There's no uh, competitiveness, to my knowledge, to where at the end level, uh, we'll see which player got the higher score. Or to, There's none of that. It's just basically your, your basic Halo co-op. Gotcha. So, but that's all I got to say about Bulletstorm. <laughs> Not a lot to say. <laughs> this episode sucks. <laughs> Everybody's sad about poor Bulletstorm. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Only probably like two people listen to this, so. <laughs> so, I guess it's my turn, is it? Yeah, oh, it's your turn. Thank you. For the two people that listen to this. Thank you for passing it my way. I appreciate you. Yeah, I have I have confidence in you. Okay, awesome. Um, the first game I played was Attack on Titan for the PlayStation 4. I believe it it is also on the Xbox One and PC, if you're interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based off the very, very popular um, anime and manga of the same name. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll put it down. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? Continue. You, oh, you, you done? Yes. You done with the uh, the Halo sword over there? Yes, it caught my eye. I didn't see it the first time. Like so. Working with a gerbil, I swear. <laughs> anyway, so Attack on Titan is is based off the the manga and anime of the same name. I definitely recommend checking those out if you have a chance. Um, the final season of the show is airing right now, and that actually kind of leads me into the game itself. The game is a almost one-to-one retelling of the events that occurred in the anime. So when you play through this first game, you're playing through the events of the first season of Attack on Titan. That was going to be my question. Yeah. And the fun part about it is it's as if you combined a a Spider-Man game with um, an anime, essentially, because... The movement in the game, if you've seen anything about the anime, you have characters that have what are called ODM gear. So they have this gear that's attached to them that lets them fire little hooks out into the wall and swing from it. Mm-hmm. And that's how they move around. And they also have swords as well that they use to attack the main enemy, which is called the Titan. Um, the Titan is a large, humanoid, naked creature that eats humans yeah they they can range between like 20 feet high to hundreds exactly and so when you're playing through the story you initially start out playing as aaron yeager who's the main character he has a he's a more balanced character but as you play through you also get to play as other characters from this series and the fun part about that is each character has their own quirks to them Mm -hmm. as well Uh, and you also get to play as a titan at points too which is really fun that's yeah so um, sounds morbid actually well you get to be a titan that kills other titans so you get to like beat the shit out of them which is i think that's a spoiler for people who haven't seen the the show like it's a spoiler if you know who that titan is yes which i know i (laughs) i got about halfway through the first season yeah, and just like me, my uh, bad habits with TV shows, I kind of tend to fall off of them. You find out pretty quick who the Attack Titan is. Is yeah. what the Titan is called. But you find out who he is pretty quick. Um, 
So I think it's a very fun game at times. However, it does have some pitfalls to it. So uh-huh. what I think is fun is when you're in a large-scale city or a fairly open area where you have a lot of room to fire your uh, connectors and, and you know traverse from building to building, kind of like I would have assumed Spider-Man would be. You want to be in an area where you can connect to a lot of stuff and swing around a lot. Yeah. That's the whole point. And what you do is you subjugate the Titans, essentially. So to kill a Titan, you have to cut him in the back of the neck with your swords. Um, so you can lock on to a certain body part of them, be it a, an, a leg, an arm, um, their their neck. And so you can either debilitate them, which knocks them down and makes it easier for you to attack them, or you can go straight for their neck and try to damage and or kill them immediately. That is a pretty fun, pretty solid mechanic. Um, however, where it kind of starts to fall down is when you're in a small, confined space. Oh. And so imagine you have uh, th- this giant 20-foot Titan, a 40-foot Titan, a 60-foot Titan, and they're all in this tiny little area, and you're trying to swing around them, but you have no room, so they'll grab you, and you have to like try to break free by you know uh, button mashing, basically. Um, so that part kind of sucked for me. I also found the characters to be unbalanced in mm-hmm. a way. So you have Aaron, who's a, a balanced character. Then you have Armin. Armin is probably my favorite character, despite being the weakest uh, stat-wise. So he's not particularly extra fast. His moves don't do extra damage or anything like that. He's pretty low on those stats. But he has the ability to command other units to attack. So you can take down a Titan in like two seconds. You can be like, attack leg, attack arm, attack neck. And you can command like three other units to do that. And they'll swing through and lop him there. Or you can come in and do the finishing blow. So it almost sounds like it becomes a real-time strategy with him. Almost. It's like it's a crossover because you can still do the action. Right. But you can also have right. your people do the action. Uh-huh. And I like him. And then there's Mikasa. And she's just extremely fast. But I felt that she got damaged a lot quicker. Um, and then there is uh, Levi. You can play as Levi. And Levi's character was confusing for me. Mm-hmm. Because in the anime and the manga, Levi is a commander of a squad. He is the highest ranking character you get to play as in this game. However, he does not have that commander ability. You can't tell tr- your troops what to do. Mm. So while he is fast and he has you know pretty strong attacks, you can't command anybody. And it was very frustrating to me. I was like, come on. I want to be as Levi, and I want to command the rest of my people right. to, to fight these things. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It had its ups and downs. There was a lot of frustrating points where like I couldn't maneuver very well. Uh, but there was a lot of very satisfying parts where you're in like a huge city. I think playing as the Attack Titan was a lot of fun. Right. You can basically pick people up, throw them punch them into the ground. You can do, like, finisher moves on them where you basically, so, like, punch them across the screen. Oh, so it almost, like, becomes a uh, a beat-em-up. Yes. Almost. Like, uh... Is, no. it, is it, like, is it still full 3D or is it set up like, like, your Mortal Kombat fighting? It's, like, full 3D. So imagine, oh, so like, like, Godzilla yeah. destroy all monsters. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you're fighting another large thing that as just sounds a really Titan. badass. That part's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, there's only like a couple missions where you get to play as the Attack Titan. 
and you don't get to play as any of the other Titans, which makes sense. I would imagine you'd play as them yeah. in the other game. Um, so overall, I had a good time with it. I think this is a game where you could play this as a substitute for watching the show if you wanted. You're going to miss a lot of the you know, character development and story beats from that. However, you get a, enough of a gist of the story to understand the plot of Attack on Titan right. by playing the game. Cool. So, Yeah, that sounds really fun, especially since uh, coming off the cuff of Spider-Man. Yeah. The swinging in, in the new Spider-Man games are like the best part mm. of the game. But we'll, we'll get to that one a little bit later. So, moving on, I started a new game today. And I actually kind of forgot about it until, until I saw a YouTube video on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was, I was meaning to play that game. And so I go to my Steam and realize I haven't uh, purchased it yet. Words are hard. But anyway, so I bought it on Steam. It's on Early Access. Um, it was about 25 bucks. It's Proteus. Proteus with the D. Uh, not to be confused with Proteus, the... Apparently, successful PS3 PC title. And honestly, I had no idea this existed. Because uh, at the time, I didn't have a PlayStation 3 or a PC. I just had an Xbox 360. So, I actually know nothing about Proteus. But anyway, Proteus is, it can be described as a throwback FPS. Like, think of you like your Dooms and... Uh, a Dusk, which is supposed to be a throwback FPS from, like, the 90s. And so, we're talking first-person perspective, lots of monsters, lots and lots of gore, loud guns, with face-melting metal music. Okay. And I played it for about 45 minutes today before I had to go run some errands. I had a blast. I have to go back to this game. And it's a shame that I'll be I won't be in town this weekend because that's all I want to do is just keep playing this game. So, uh, I don't know anything about the story right now. I, but what makes this game stand out is the developers described it as a again a throwback FPS, but they added modern game mechanics and modern level design uh, techniques into it. And so you have this really retro feel. But modern at the same time, and even you could even go further as to choose uh, your aesthetic. So if you either want uh, sprites or actual 3D models of the enemies, but you can both do both of those. And again, with aesthetic, if you want like pixel, sideline, or whatever that visual thing was called, or CRT. So there, so as you're playing, there'd be that little flicker that CRT would have, and so. The game is so much fun. It, the mechanics are tight. The monsters are super creative and and awesome. And it it also kind of follows the the Doom feel as well. So you have your your typical low level zombies that sh that shoot with you with shotguns or guns. You have your imp likes that shoot fireballs. You have your your pinkies, like from Doom, that their whole thing is just to charge you and close the distance. And so it's very, very similar to Doom, which I don't think it's really a bad thing. Because Doom is like, at least, well, of course, Doom is iconic. And the Dooms in 2016 and Doom Eternals are, are amazing. 
have a lot of fun with those. But it's definitely worth it. It is still early access. So the, these these are games that, or this is a game. This is a game that will uh, improve over time. It's 25 bucks. definitely worth it. Surprisingly, a lot of little details that I came to, that I appreciate. Kind of like, this is a, like I said, this is a very small detail. If you were to shoot like, a bunch of guys in a hallway with a shotgun and blood gets everywhere, this game is super gory. Holy shit. And you get blood on the ceiling, blood will drip off the ceiling. I don't think I've seen modern games even do that. Yeah, so. that is definitely a unique touch. So, yeah. Blood will get all over your weapon. And I'm going back to the music. Oh, my God. The music. I was just headbanging hardcore because I had my headphones in. I had the music turned all the way up because the same Andrew Holshut, the same composer that did Dusk and the Doom Eternal DLC did the music for this. And so I was already on board when I heard about that. And so definitely worth it. It's 25 bucks. Definitely worth your time. Nice. And that's basically, uh, that's all I have for Proteus right now. I'll have more uh, as I continue. Nice, nice. So, do you have anything, Connor? Uh, about Proteus or just or other games I've played? Just, just other games. Oh, well, uh, another game I beat recently was uh, Tekken 7. Okay. And Tekken 7 is, uh, it's a Tekken game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... An incredibly unbalanced game at times. For most of the game, I would say uh, easily 90% of the game, you can pretty much breeze through it without little effort, dur- playing through the story. Like, you can just wail away on enemies, and boom, you've beat it. However, uh, you get to Chapter 9 in the game, and the difficulty goes from what I would say is maybe a 5 to an 11 immediately. Oh, great. And uh, it really, really sucks. And I'm sure if anybody plays through the game, they'll, they'll know what it is. And I had to repeat over and over and over and over again. Probably 20 times I redid that fight <coughs> until I got it right. Um, and then what was funny is the very next mission after that went back to being about a five difficulty. Just it, it, The difficulty just went right back down again. And it stayed down until the very end match. Hmm. And so... Before I get to that, uh, I kind of breezed over because I assumed most people know what Tekken is. Tekken is a fighting game um, that focuses less on combos and more on blocking, dodging, and getting in hits with the right timing. Um, That's kind of what Tekken is. It's a long-running franchise. There's obviously seven of the mainline games with many spinoffs. I I remember playing the the demo on the PS1 demo disc Mm -hmm. that had all those games... uh, so, yeah, it's it's been around for a minute. Tekken can be fun, especially if you have some friends that you want to play it with just kind of casually. Um, I think visually the game looked pretty good. Um, the voice acting, wh- if you want to call it that. Mm, I know where this is going. Was the worst I've ever heard in a game. Even worse than Dead or Alive? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, my wife was hearing it, and she was mocking it. That's how like bad it was. <laughs> so the game, the, the voice acting for the characters was fine, though it didn't make a whole lot of sense. The characters speak their native languages to each other, 
So you have somebody speaking in Japanese to a person who is speaking back to them in Italian, and a person who speaks English over off to the side is commenting to both of them, as if everybody understands every language. It, it didn't make a damn bit of sense. <laughs> uh, but that's not the problem. They did fine. It's the narrator for this game. Oh. His voice is literally, I went to the thing today. It was fun. I did this afterwards. I talk like this in stilted sentences. Oh my gosh, it's bringing me to tears, dude. Dude. So much emotion. And I didn't want cutscenes to happen because I didn't want to hear him because it bored me. I remember just immediately when a cutscene would come up, I would just pick up my phone and just start (laughs) looking at it because he put me to sleep. This is an amateur voice actor. I don't know how they got somebody this bad. And I'm sure somebody's going to be like, oh, come on, he did his best, but... It's like, but you're being paid a salary to do this. I know, and (laughs) again, I haven't played it, but from what you're hearing, it 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 sounds like the director couldn't say, "Hey, you don't think we could do another take of that, could we?" It's like, this is Tekken. It's a multi-million-dollar franchise. We have the money. You could do another take if you want to. Yeah, it was. I could. I'm not even like messing around i honestly probably could have done a better voice acting job and i am not a voice actor i'm not either and or i could have done just as bad and never voice acted before in my life anyway and you probably would have made more money to where you could retire (laughs) for a while exactly um but anyway that aside um i think the story didn't really do what i wanted it to do and in a story in a fighting game the goal that I want to see happen is I get a chance to kind of play as all the fun and unique characters. Um, they kind of recycled the same handful of characters throughout the story, so you only got to play as a chunk of the characters. Uh-huh. And so a lot of the characters, when I went to go look at like you know uh, just multiplayer afterwards, I've like I've never seen this character, I've never touched them, I don't know how they play, and it was kind of a bummer because mm-hmm. uh, they have such a nice interesting roster in Tekken. But yeah. I think the the piece that I want to talk about the most is the final fight in that game, which is absolute bullshit. I probably f- did it, I would have to say, upwards of maybe 30 times. And so the difficulty, as I mentioned, after Chapter 9, goes back to about a 5. And it continues that way until the final mission. The final mission was a little bit tough. And then the final boss that you beat comes back. And when you first fight him, uh, after he's come back, he has a, a full health bar, and you get a quarter of a health bar. And that's how you start. And not only that, uh, but his health bar regenerates every second. Um, so that's first strike in the bullshit. Um, so when you fight him, you knock him down to about half health. Then he glows red, and his health bar fills all the way back up again. And when he's glowing red, he does not recoil when you hit him, and he takes far reduced damage. So you have to, once he starts glowing red, you have to block, 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 dodge, block, and then block his like finisher move when he does it. Mm. So after that, after he, he stops glowing red, you can do damage, and you get him down to a quarter health, which he then turns red again, fills his health bar back up to half. What the fuck? And you have to then do it again. But to my knowledge, he never goes back to not being red after that point. So you have to just 
get him down on your own. And all this time, you're using a quarter of a health bar, and uh, you have to time your moves perfectly because if he gets one of those finishers on you, you, you pretty much lose. It's enough to take you out. And so you have to dodge three finishers, essentially, and a bunch of extra hits because if you get hit, I mean, you have such limited health anyway. You need some sort of buffer. It got to the point where the first round, my strategy was spam a move where I knock him to the ground and just keep hitting him while he's on the ground until I take half of his right. health out. Yeah. Then dodge like my life is depending on it. Literally. And then get in there, do a quick f- few hits, hope to God he doesn't hit me any, till he turns red again, dodge, 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 get him down, and then, you know, once he turns red one more time, you just have to just go balls to the wall on him and hope that you can take him out because he do- he's not recoiling from the hits. So it sounds basically sounds like this fight's just luck-based at this point. It was an absolute nightmare, and it relied on strategy that the game never really taught you. Like the game, a video game in itself, should slowly amp up its difficulty over time. Yeah. And in doing so, it's teaching you to use new things, new strategies. Oh, I'm getting hit a lot on this level. I should probably block more. Oh, I'm doing this thing here. I should try a different move. And and especially at a, a competent game, always tries to push you in that direction. There's always either something visually or or audio-wise that helps you push that in that direction. Uh, Valve is Valve is actually really good at teaching players like new mechanics and everything. I don't think this game did it at all. I think the game allowed you the entire time, to pretty much if you wanted, you could button mash. I tried a few different strategies throughout because I would get bored button mashing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the very end, it's like, well, you're gonna have to block like like you've never blocked before, and. It didn't encourage you to block the entire way through. And I'm sure people who are huge Tekken enthusiasts are going to be like, well, of course you got to block, blah, 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 blah. But if we're looking at a game objectively based off of just its story mode and the things that are presented to the player for the first time, it didn't make any sense why the difficulty would randomly spike those two times. Right. And why the last battle was so unbalanced and unfair. I I feel like that's... I, it, and it could be just just me and just my experience. I feel like that's kind of common with uh, with Japanese fighters. Is like it's pretty easy through most of the game, but you have moments like one or two levels to where the difficulty just spikes immensely for no justified reason. Yeah. And going back to that double health health bar or having to do multiple health bars. I don't know if I mentioned this in earlier podcast. Um, I have a really an issue with uh, um, bosses that have multiple health bars uh, because it's basically just attacks. It's like you get you have your mechanics down, you have everything perfect, and then all of a sudden the health bar uh, raises back up, and they have an entire new move set that you have to learn. And so basically that first part of that boss fight is basically just a time tax yeah and there was a boss in dark souls 3 that did that i had it and i spent hours hours learning this guy's moveset i had it down perfectly i could i could almost take no damage 
And then as soon as I hit that last health point, the health bar filled back up and changed the moveset. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Fuck this. I put the game down. And I've I've beaten it since, but I just couldn't play, play it at that time. There was just too many things stacked against you as a player. I get going into a match and having a reduced health bar. Okay, sure. I, I think that's bullshit. It is. If it was on its own, though, you'd be like, okay, whatever. You have a reduced health bar. They have a bigger one. That's just you know trying to disadvantage you a little bit. But the fact that his health bar not only regenerated constantly, so you had to be on him. If you blocked for too long, his health bar is just going to fill back up. And in addition to that, after you knocked him down to half or to three quarters, he would just regenerate back up again and would become invincible. It was just it was too many things, and it was just frustrating. It was just like this is not fun. It was being I'm not hard. having fun right now. It was just being hard for the sake of being hard. There was no justification in it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so, other than that, I would have said the game was perfectly fine. It was a perfectly passable fighter. Um, but those two levels, especially the final one, I just I don't know why I had to beat my head against a wall for so long on that one when the rest of the game wasn't that way. In yeah. fact, there was a bonus mission that popped up that you could do if you wanted to that was after that one, and I was just like, fuck it. No, nope. I'm done. I'm done. Because if it was even remotely as bad as that, I don't want any of that. <laughs> yeah. And so... And like, And you know me, fighting games aren't my thing, so... I'd recommend Tekken only if you're just, like, casually playing with friends. I'd say the story is not really worth it. Um, it does rely on you to know about the other games it's not a standalone story so it relies heavily on your knowledge of Haihachi and his sons and things like that and so i didn't realize taking out a story it does yeah, or there's lore a, there's a there's a story it involves like demons and all sorts of stuff so and in fact for the longest time i didn't even realize mortal kombat had story and lore yeah mortal kombat does but then again this is coming from someone that's never really into fighting games like i think the last mortal Kombat that i played like all the time this is just show how old i am was for the game boy okay the first game Boy, the og game boy fat boy the fatty boy yeah and so i and i've kind of dabbled in mortal Kombat a little bit since but just ain't my thing yeah i just can't get into fighting games yeah there's one other thing i wanted to add just because i want to get it into this podcast i have been playing another game i haven't finished i want to talk about it more after i've finished it so i'm not going to go into a lot of detail i've been playing battleborn on the ps4 okay um i wanted to mention it now because by the time you hear this podcast there will only be a few days left to play this game before it is gone for good yeah uh battleborn is um being shut down and that isn't just the online servers that's the single player campaign is going away as well um so you have until the 31st of january 2021 to play that and so when this podcast airs uh you'll have a few days left if you really want to get in on it probably if you haven't already you know you're not maybe interested in it i will say it is like you crossed um borderlands with overwatch i think this i think this this came out around the same time as overwatch Around 2016, I believe. Yeah, and obviously Overwatch completely overtook it because it was, um, oh my gosh, the developer just left me. Blizzard. Yeah. Blizzard, compared to Gearbox, which 
uh, Gearbox kind of, uh, even though Gearbox made Borderlands, which I love Borderlands, I love the Borderlands theories, this was kind of, I want to say it was off the tail of Aliens, Colonial Marines? Maybe. It was I think that was their last game. It was they, when some stinkers were coming out. They, <laughs> they made Borderlands 2, and then they made Aliens, uh, Colonial Marines, which, that, that needs to be a story in itself. Yeah, that that developments that develop that develop met. I can't speak tonight. I am really sorry. Are you sure English is your first language? You know what? I think I know my problem. I have tea in my cup instead of coffee, so I'm gonna I might have the remedy to that. But going back, Colonial Marines was a, a developmental nightmare. Uh, the I think there was actually a couple lawsuits about false advertising about it. To yeah. where the it was E three footage so showed a complete game with character and tight gameplay and beautiful lighting and the release game had contained none of that. In fact, someone went to the game files and for context, the alien AI was awful. Like the tracking was terrible and just didn't work out. Someone actually went into the game files and went into the code. They found a typo in the program, the alien uh, AI program. They fixed it. It was exactly what the E3, what E3 uh, was showing. How did they not see that? How did they not see that? You got to love the modding community. Modding I, community. I kind of wonder if, I mean, I... Being a big Alien fan, I pre-ordered that game many, many moons ago when it came out, and uh, I got it day one. I was very disappointed in it, and I never went back to it. I still own it somewhere on my shelf behind me. Uh, oh, look at that. Yeah, it's right behind me. Yeah. Um, I would like to go back to it someday, see if they put any patches, see if it's any different. You could probably just Google that. Yeah, maybe. But I'd Save you time. I would still think I'd like to play it just to think, see how bad it was again. Um. But yeah, that that's a tangent at this point. Thank God for Alien Isolation. Yeah. Um, the best alien game. But to summarize, if you're going to play uh, Battleborn, do it now because you won't have a chance in the future. It's one of those sad things where when servers go down, a game is lost for good. Defiance. Yep. That was actually pretty fun. Yep, I got my collector's edition of Defiance. Yep, and... <laughs> Which we can maybe we can talk about Defiance for a little bit, like just just to touch base. Like, uh, I had pretty good memories with Defiance. It was definitely revolutionary at the time. Uh, it was like an MMO on PS3 and 360 hardware, which, which had never been done before. Has what? What about oh, Final Fantasy 13? Was that was on that system? Or was that on PS4? I don't remember. I think it was 360 and PS3, but it was so bad that they... Oh, you might be right. Yeah. And it was re completely revolutionary at the time. It was it had a tie-in to a show, and the show, and what the events of the show would affect the game and vice versa, which I n didn't really ever see that c come to light. I watched the show, and it, it did. they did have events coordinated with what was happening on the episodes. I fell off watching the show at a certain point, even... After I uh, continued playing on the game, um, fun fact though, the game still exists on PC. Really? Yep. So I guess the 360 servers are d well. Of course, 360 servers are down. 360 isn't even being made anymore. Yeah. The, I don't, the 360 hasn't been made in ten years. Yeah. The Xbox and the PlayStation servers are down. Though people 
have been begging them, you know, to add uh, backwards compatibility for the Xbox version, but that never happened. Yeah. Um, but the PC version, I want to say it's called like Defiance Twenty Something Something. Like it, it it's okay. changed the name slightly, but it's supposed to be the same game, but like remastered and with new missions and new levels. So it still exists in some format, just you know, not as it did before. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of wonder like what changes they they did because if it's still running on PC, they had to ha- have some sort of additions to yeah. it. Some some maybe something make the game more varied or events. They or were still running events on it up until very recently. Uh, hmm. I I would see them on uh, Facebook and stuff like that. They would post like, yeah, we're doing a a big blowout event for blah 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 blah, and we're doing custom raids and this mission here and blah 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 so there's still apparently a defiance community out there Um, that's cool i wish i had held on to it a little longer and played it a little bit more i played quite a bit of it and then i burn out on it yeah and that that's just kind of my thing with mmos like the few mmos i played i get super into it then i just kind of get burnt out like i did that with destiny i did that with uh, uh rift if you remember rift uh path of exile just I put these hours into it, and I just kind of fall uh, fall off of it. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't started uh, Diablo 3. Because I have it on my PS4, but knowing me, I'll just... Oh. Should we do a co-op episode where we play a bunch of co-op games? Well, that would be enjoyable. Oh, maybe a little bit of a teaser. Mm. Mm. I don't know how far in the future, but... (laughs) Who knows? It could be sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Thing is, but the thing is, we gotta coordinate our schedules because I work nights and you work days. So, in a few weeks, just look forward to hearing us uh, talk a little bit more. I'll, I'll be talking about Battleborn in the future. Yep. After I play some more, because I'm only three missions in. So, ooh, wish yeah. me luck. Yep. And and next couple episodes, I'll probably be talking about Hitman Three, and oh, I'm so excited for Hitman Three. And uh, I have a couple uh, Switch games that's on my backlog. I'm trying to, I'm I'm doing my best to try to prioritize uh, what I want to play. It's it's really hard for me. So, oh you, oh me. But that pretty much does it for. It's a little bit shorter episode this week, but that's okay, cause uh, probably cause again, Bulletstorm d- doesn't really have that much to talk about, and I just started Proteus. So, but, but that's it. We will see you guys next time. Later.